Welcome to PHT in the Morning with your host, Pastor David Miller from the Pentecostal Holiness Tabernacle in Cincinnati, Ohio. Good morning and welcome to PHT in the Morning with Pastor David Miller. And that's who I am. I am Pastor Miller. And I pastor the church here in Cincinnati, Ohio, called the Pentecostal Holiness Tabernacle on Springdale Road, and been the pastor there for 38 years and about four months, so uh, thinking about sticking around there. Anyway, we've been talking to you uh, the last uh, couple of uh, episodes about uh, people that I've seen get saved over the years and some great uh, stories of salvation. Uh, The first one I'd done was my personal salvation. And then I talked about a a business friend of mine that that had come to my home and got saved that had never prayed or been in church since he was just a real young teenager and asked me the question, if people go to hell, does it have to be me? And of course, I told him no, and he prayed and got saved in my home. So today is a new day, and uh, I'm going to tell you another story about a great experience I had of salvation where I uh, was in southern uh, Mississippi. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to tell the exact names of the people or maybe not even the church or town, uh, because I, I haven't asked them if they're okay with that. But anyway, this has been about, I'd say 20, this is 2020, whenever you're listening to this, the year of 2020. And this was about 27 or 8 years ago. It was in like 92 or 1992 or 1993. So my title for uh, this story is simply this. A head start to hell. A head start to hell. And I had I had a good friend who pastored in Kentucky who told me that there was a man that often passed uh, their home. And he would ask him on walking, he would say, are you going to go to church with me today? And he'd always say no. I don't want to go to church. I don't want anything to do with church. And so one day he told this preacher, when he asked him, are you going to go to church with me? He said, no. He said, well, you know, there is a real hell where people go. And uh, it's a place of uh, fire and brimstone and everlasting torment. And the man told him, he said, you know what? I'm not afraid of the devil, and I'm not afraid of hell. He said, matter of fact, one of these days, I might just give myself a head start to hell. So that preacher told me that that man told him that, walked away, and it wasn't much longer after that. I don't know if it now, if it was days or a, a couple of weeks, but it wasn't long. After that, that this man, uh, and this is a true story, this man uh, got a a gallon of uh, 
gasoline, walked in the downstairs of his home, and they said he, he nailed the window shut, the door, locked the door, and opened up the window and started screaming and telling people, hey, come here. Uh, I'm not afraid of the devil. I'm not afraid of going to hell. So I'm going to give myself a head start to hell. Now, I know this is a pretty gruesome story, and it's a, uh, a pretty powerful one, but uh, this pastor told me it was true. So that man literally took some of that gas, poured it on himself, poured it around him, struck a match, and set himself on fire. But instantly, all of those bragging things left, and he was terrified. And he was screaming and crying, trying to get out of the house, but it was too late almost instantly. The gas had uh, had uh, caught the walls on fire and whatever else was there, and he was uh, being burned uh, quickly and severely, and he was screaming then, and people was trying to beat and get into him. There was uh, several, they said, there. Called the fire department, but by the time they got there, it was too late. But one of the last things they heard him saying was, I really didn't want to go to hell. Now, I told you that at the beginning because I'm going to fast forward to the story uh, a few years after I was told that. I was preaching in this uh, uh, church in southern Mississippi, a pretty large Assembly of God church. And there was a, uh, they and I was preaching this text and on a head start to hell, and I was telling the story that I just told you. And I didn't know it at that time uh, about this, but, you know, they've got these uh, a window glass, like if you're in the nursery of a church, you can see out into the sanctuary. But if you're in the sanctuary, you cannot see into the nursery. Well, this particular night, I was preaching on hell and telling this story. And as I was, I felt a great, powerful anointing come upon me. Uh, now, I'll tell you a couple of the preachers that was there that night. I said I don't like to usually call names, but uh, if you're in the same ranks that I'm in, or you know some of these men, Brother Russell McDonald was there that night. Brother Neil Bridges, who was pastoring at Mobile, Alabama at that time, he was there. And I'm pretty sure Brother Donnie Williamson, Pastor Tanner Williams, was there. And so I just kind of felt so strong uh, in the Spirit, and I felt so anointed. And I said something that I rarely ever say anything like this to be so personal in a service and so uh, direct. But I felt the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, and I said, I feel like there's somebody in this building tonight that you may not realize it like this man did, but you're sending yourself to a devil's hell 
and you're giving yourself a head start to that terrible place. While preaching that, I felt the anointing so strong that before I realized it, I said these words. I said, I don't know where you're sitting in this building, but I know you're here. And I'm going to give you the chance to come and repent and pray tonight. Nobody did. And I done, like I said, something I never do. I said, well, I'm going to come back through the crowd. And I believe God's going to show me who you are and where you are. And when he does, I'm just going to ask you to come pray with me. I know that's pretty bold and pretty forward, but hear the rest of the story, please. Don't turn me off. Listen to this story. So I went down each aisle, and it's been, like I said, many years ago. I think there was four sections of pews, but it might have only been three. But I went down one side thinking God would show me, but he never I went down the other side and I went down each row of pews and there was a hush in the service. And uh, I walked down and I just kept saying, where are you? Where are you? And finally, when I went down every row, God did not show me who or where the person was. And I was kind of alarmed because I just... Knew he would, but not knowing this glass or window uh, that anybody could be in there and see out, I just simply put my left hand up on that glass. My thumb and my four fingers kind of spread out, and I put them against the glass. I remember then saying, Well, I thought that God would show me exactly where you were and who you were. I said, but he never. I said, so I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are. But the Lord showed me tonight that if you don't repent tonight, you're facing a a 20 to 30 year prison term uh, in prison soon. And ultimately... Uh, eternity in hell. And if I was you, I would pray. So I wept and I cried for uh, several seconds. Seemed like a couple of minutes, but probably wasn't that long. And then I simply decided that I would take my hand down and turn and walk back up to the platform, the pulpit. And when I took my hand down, I heard a blood-curdling scream. And there was a side door uh, that came out of that. You could go in the nursery uh, as you walked in the church. There's also a little side door. This man come bursting and running through that side door, screaming, running down the aisle and crying out, Lord, save me. Forgive me. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to go to prison and I don't want to go to hell. So I noticed that most everyone in that large church was at the altar with him almost, well, it seemed instantly, but very quickly. So I walked up there 
heard this man praying so hard for salvation. And the Lord uh, gloriously, after several minutes of hard repenting and crying, praying, God forgave this young man. I, I'm going to guess his age. It was probably, he was late 20s to mid 30s. He wasn't very old, but yet he was uh, a man. He might have been in that area, 28 to 35 maybe. And when he got done uh, praying, he stood up and the pastor asked him, you feel like God has forgiven you and you've repented? He said, yes, I know God has saved me. I didn't know it, but his father was, I think, one of the deacons or an elder, trustee or something in the church. And his father, this was the first night of revival, by the way, Monday night, because I was pastoring and I was there at my first night. And his father had asked him that day, said, I'd like for you to come tonight because they knew he had a court day the next day. I didn't know. And his father said, come tonight and hear this preacher. He told his dad, he said, no. He said, I don't, I don't have no desire to go to church and I, I, I don't think God will save me anyway and God don't know where I'm at. Well, Nobody knew he came into church that night. He told that that about the time that he thought the preacher would be preaching, he snuck in and was sitting in that nursery in a rocking chair, rocking. He said, I got here not long before the preacher got up. And he said, then he got up after preaching on hell and talking about going to prison and said, God's going to show me who you are and where you are. He said, I simply stood up and I walked over to that uh, uh, window there. And he said, I put my hand up on the window and leaned on the window. And he said, I said to myself, we'll see if God really knows where I'm at. He said, the preachers bragged and said, God knows. But he's went down every aisle. God didn't show him. He said, we'll see if God really knows where I am. Then he went on to say, when that brother came up talking about me, he said, he put his thumb exactly even with my thumb. And each one of his fingers, right as much as if we put our hand together physically. And he said, I started praying. He said, my hand froze to that glass. And he said, I started praying, God, my hand is paralyzed. And he said, I tried to take my other hand and pull it down, but I couldn't. He said, but when the preacher turned around to walk to the front, he said, then my hand fell hard down by my side. He said, I thought I was paralyzed. He said, I ran to the altar and I asked God to save me because I realized God knew where I was. And he said, I believe he's forgiven me. He said, what you don't know in here, church, he said, tomorrow I have a court date. It's my second violation for drug uh, selling drugs. And he said, I am facing 20 or more years. God knows where you are, folks. This is a great story that 
happened to me that I saw with my own eyes. And that man said, I'm going to live for Jesus if God delivers me and I don't go to prison or if I have to go and spend the time that I'm, guilt, that I'm guilty of the crime, he said, I'll still serve him. And everybody rejoiced. We was happy. The next day, this man went to court and the judge said to him, son, this is your second offense. What do you have to say for yourself? And he said, nothing. He said, I heard you got religion last night. He said, no. He said, but I went to church and God has saved me. He said, that's what they all say when they want out of trouble. He said, I'm willing to take my punishment. And he said, the judge sat there for a moment and said, I shouldn't, but I'm going to give you one more chance. If I see you again, he said, all of this parole will be over and you have served the time. Isn't God great? He came in that night thinking nobody knew, but God knew. He, he came in that night headed to a devil's hell, but God rescued him, saved him, and made him a child of God ready for heaven. And then God was so merciful that he did not have to go to prison. Now, whether you agree with that or not, you say he might have should have already done the time, but I'm not God. And I'm grateful that God was merciful to that young man. The last time I heard from him, which has been a while, he was still praying. And I hope he still is. Thank God for that. So, uh, the next night, boy, I hope I got enough time. I only got three minutes left. The next night, he had 20 of his friends, sinners, that came to church. And all 20 got saved that second night of revival. We had people saved every night of that week. And I, and the pastor asked me to go home and fly back and finish, but I could not. But we had a great revival all because of that service. But friend, you may be living in such a way that you say, I'm not doing that. But you may be sending yourself to a devil's hell. You may be doing that. I'm asking you tonight to repent to have a change of not only mind and heart, but in your spirit and in your soul and fall on the mercies of God and ask for forgiveness and repent and the Lord will save you. I believe that. I want to give you two or three more, maybe four or five more. Uh, some are way even better than this. I want you to hear them about great uh, salvation stories that I have been privileged to be a part of. Amen. And by the way, for those of you that says there's no real hell where people go, I just ask you to go to Isaiah and read where he said, people shall be as the burnings of lime, as thorns cut up and cast into the fire. If you don't believe in hell, you don't want to find out firsthand that it was true. So before I go off, today and in this episode don't give yourself a head start to hell but correct it and give yourself a head start to heaven jesus loves you i love you and i'm praying for you that you will 
become a Christian if you're not already. And I hope today you have the best day that you've had in a long time. Go with God. God will go with you. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you.